it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it. Before we get to our guest, a quick message from our sponsor. We've talked a lot about Mike Lindell's products at MyPillow.com. The quality is just amazing, and everything he makes lasts forever. He's got a new product out right now that the summertime customer will just absolutely love. We've all had the slippers, and the quality on those is amazing. People rave about them. He's got the three layers of comfort, where he's morphed that technology into the summertime sandals. They look like Crocs, but they're much more comfortable and long-lasting. Again, the proprietary three-layer technology that will give you extreme comfort in these sandals to wear around uh, for the rest of your summers, actually. So how can you get these? You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM to get the massive discounts he has on for the launch of this product. But just don't look at the sandals. Mike has over 600 products. If you're looking for household goods or apparel, don't go to the big box communist retailers that support the cabal. Support the Patriots, support CDM.press using pro, promo code CDM and get the best discounts available at MyPillow.com. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome back to Information Operation. I've got uh, one of our favorite guests, Matt Termont, who is in Sweden. He always pops up in the most interesting and cool places with lots of beautiful women, it seems like. But uh, Matt, how are you? Well, look who's talking. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I, I did not do a Tucker special about how I got extricated of Ukraine by way of Moldova like you did. So, Oh, there you go. Okay. So tell us about Sweden. I can be in the next one of those. but Well, we need to do that, my friend. We need to Hell make yeah. another trip over there and see what's going on. Um, but what, you know, I have two children who are a majority Swedish, and I, I know yeah. the situation over there. And I've been, uh, like, just didn't understand why Sweden was committing suicide. So is that changing? Yeah, it's actually, so I came to Sweden uh, yesterday and I'm here mm -hmm. today's, well, Thursday, I guess it's Friday morning. It's uh, what, 2.40 a.m. I uh, have just been at a dinner and uh, you and I were texting and we decided to do mm -hmm. this. I want to be on record as much as I can ahead of the election on Sunday, because I think this is a very, very unique moment in time that has potential to be a, a political cataclysm, uh, totally un unexpected, unforeseen uh, in the election. So Sweden is kicking off the fall election series, so to speak. Uh, on Sunday, they've got their parliamentary election. And the, the incumbents, the, uh, the social Dems who've been running the country without coalition, just straight unilateral control, the social Democrats uh, have had control of this country. They're the ones that we can lay the blame on at their feet for this open border sort of leftist establishmentarian uh, mindset that, you know, we need to import as many people from the third world as we can. Sweden was 8 million people. Now it's 10 million people. That 2 million Delta is from the third world. And of course, you're in Scandinavia, 
it's been a forever a homogenous, resource-rich, successful, somewhat socialistic. But when you have the, this much resources and this much land, homo homogeneity is feasible. And they've had this yeah. very, very successful, wealthy, quote-unquote, utopia. Sweden and Denmark are sort of the poster children for Scandinavian. Entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not Bernie Sanders-level socialism. They pushed both the Danes and the Swedes, pushed back on Bernie Sanders when he says, no, we, we need Scandinavian socialism. They're like, we're not the really that socialist in, in terms of the framework that you're pushing because mm -hmm. we are very entrepreneurial. We are capitalist and, uh, and uh, free market oriented. They've got very, very successful business climates in both Sweden and Denmark. And they have these societies that have been for the last few centuries, super wealthy, super successful with this sort of hybrid model of high taxes that funds the social welfare system. And again, homogeneous. These are not places that have had culture wars historically. Now they have because they've opened borders and they've let in third world migration and mass. And now they're sort of at at least the people on the ground are at their wits end because they've let in people who are hostile to Western values, rule of law, yeah. Gender's not a social construct, probably should not rape small boys and girls in public pools. And so they have this, this massive Islamification, this sort of jihadist cohort. I always uh, point to Malmö, Sweden, uh, the, the third largest city. It's in the south as a as a failed city because they've they've changed their 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 demographic makeup to a degree that it's it's embraced a non-Western framework of of third world peoples who have created lots of violence, lots of crime. No-go no zones, right? No-go zones. I mean, uh, you mm -hmm. look at no-go zones and Sweden and Denmark are sort of ground zero. Everywhere else you look in Europe with no-go zones, it's just like a suburban fringe dynamic, Paris, Berlin, Brussels. But in Sweden, in, in suburban mm -hmm. Stockholm, in, in Copenhagen, it's like become the, it's de rigueur. It's like the regular mm -hmm. now. And so you've seen this culture change. And this has been without buy-in from the people on the ground. They've just kind of let their elites run the country. It's a sort of like Merkelism with the way they invited Turks in and mass. Mm -hmm. And it changed Berlin. It changed Germany. But Germany is, uh, what, 80 million people. Sweden's 10 million people. Denmark, yeah. 6 million people. And it's really changed the dynamic. And the crime is through the roof. I call it an epidemic of mass rape to the degree that people are starting to wake up and say, you know what, this should not be the status quo. And well, gir girls can't even walk down the street. No, right? yeah, it, it, it's really bad. And I spent a lot of time the last yeah. couple of days talking to just random people, working class people, middle class people, and they are fed up. So Sweden, interestingly, had the best COVID policy on earth. They just said, you know what? We're going to take our older people, our immunocompromised people, and we're going to put them in some level of quarantine. We're going to put them in a position where they're not exposed to the pathogen that could be so deleterious. But we believe that the, the young and healthy, the masses, the working class, the middle class, they can stomach it. And so they did not have mass lockdowns the way France and Germany and England and Spain did, mm -hmm. and they've come out of it with better results. It's kind of like looking at DeSantis's Florida. DeSantis did a yeah. much better job than the rest of the other 49 states and said, we're not going to change our entire day-to-day -day life. Our kids are gonna to go to school. We're not gonna force our small businesses to shutter. And so Sweden has come out of this. And you know the derivative effect is that 
the people have a lot more common sense than they've ever had. They said, we watched the rest of the world, what they did failed in response to COVID. And so now they're getting, I don't want to say red pilled because that would be overstating mm -hmm. it, but they're a lot yeah. more open to common sense, which sets us up for this election cycle where the Swedish Democrats, the Sverig uh, Demokraterna, they actually polled pretty highly over the last couple of years. At one point, they were the number one uh, polling uh, respondent, uh, where they were the top potential vote getter. This was a couple of years ago. And now they're going into this election, and they're more strongly uh, set up, poised to do really well, to help turf out the Social Democrats. And the Social Democrats here have been running the country without coalition for eight years. They've been a part of government since, I think, the late 70s, early 80s. This is like when you think of the uh, the globalist class, the, uh, the leftist establishment elite, the party of Davos. They've been running this country. And yeah. now people on the ground are recognizing they've been running the country poorly. They have been allowing the crime to fester, the open borders migration, no deportation of rapists and criminals and violent criminals. And so I actually think that, and this is why I came here now, is because nobody's talking about this, but I think this is, yeah. we're at the cusp, we're at the moment where the Swedish Dems, and so you have to understand Sweden is a parliamentary system, so there's a lot of parties, it's a super fragmented parliament, and so the, the social Dems have held, held control of the government, but you've got the Swedish Dems, who are number two, you've got the moderates, who could work with the Swedish Dems, who are sort of classical liberal economically, and you've got some fringe parties on the left that would potentially coalition with their social Dems. But we are at a moment where, in theory, and we'll see how this plays out over the next 48, 72, 96 hours, the, the social Dems could actually lose share to the Swedish Dems and the moderates. And all of a sudden, you've got kind of nominally right-wing parties taking control of government and building their own government in coalition I mean, the Swedish Dems could go from, you know, 20, 22, 23, 24, up to 25, 26 percent, where the social Dems have had, you know, 30 percent plus, but they're losing ground. It might be 27, 28. And then they have to try and cobble together a coalition with Greens and communists like the, 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 the hardcore liberal left are actually communists. They're fringe parties. But they may not get to 50% after this election, in which yeah. case you've got Swedish Dems and you've got moderates that could form a government. And if that does happen this Sunday, then on Monday, the European Union is going to have a conniption because the car builds of the world will have lost control of the pearl of Scandinavia. Sweden is... If you look at Stockholm, it's uh, two and a half million people metro. It dwarfs yeah. the other Scandinavian uh, capitals, Copenhagen, Reykjavik. It's a great city, uh, yeah. Helsinki, Oslo. And so this is an anchor of Scandinavian politics. And we could be looking at a sea change in the next three days. So that's why I, I came here because I want to cover it. I went to Swedish Parliament today. I've been having meetings with uh, with the political class on the right. You know, the left doesn't want to mm -hmm. hang out. You know, they're they're not that friendly. Uh, they're, <laughs> you know, the party of Davos, the party of Axel Springer and Politico. In fact, Politico ran an article today. Uh, entitled uh, Make Sweden Great Again. This is what the Swedish right, wow. the Swedish Democrats are, are pushing, is this level of common sense conservatism and not deviating from the entrepreneurial spirit, the capitalism that exists in Scandinavia, which it, which is very robust. Uh, so it's not the do, Bernie Sanders. Do you think it's, yeah, do you, th in, you know, a lot of people think Sweden's communist and, but, or no, socialist, but they, they went way market a few years ago, but, a decade ago, because they, they realized that socialism wasn't, there was no 
wasn't sustainable. Their socialism you know? is very, very hybrid. It's not UK mm -hmm. labor socialism. It's it, it, it's a unique Scandinavian socialism that believes in high taxes to fund the social welfare system, which is very, very robust. And it's a social welfare system that works quite well for the people until they do mass importation of third world migration. Uh, and you get the, yeah. the people from the third world who are trying to uh, to exploit it. And then it gets tested and it's put to its uh, it's put to its test. And do you, do you think it's too late for Sweden? I don't. I, I really don't. It, it, Will they it deport maybe, these people? Well, that's part of the Swedish Democrat program is that if you have violent criminals, if you've got, you know, people in Rinkby, which is a, a, a famous uh, uh, suburb of Stockholm, which is a no-go zone where, where the ambulances and the police and the firemen cannot go because of the level. I, I, you always look at Malmö as the greatest example of this. I think that the people on the ground are starting to get uh, woken up to the threat that it exists, not just to their individual sanctity, but to the culture. And the, the Scandinavian culture is a very rich one. It's a, it's a wonderful one. I mean, you've yeah. got this history of Vikings who built these, you know, very, very well-defended, fortified, because geography is destiny, natural environments, very resource-rich, iron ore, oil and gas, timber. Mm -hmm. And so they've been able to support themselves. If you look at Norway, Norway's got the wealthiest sovereign wealth fund uh, outside yeah. of uh, Singapore. I mean, it's, it's incredibly- People think that, you know, everything's great in Norway. Well, they've got trillion dollars in the bank. That's why well, exactly. it's great also, in Norway. Norway, <laughs> no, no, Norway, people don't know this, but Norway actually had their red pill moment like five or six years ago. They moved to the right pretty yeah. quickly when they saw what was happening in Sweden and Denmark. And they said, we, we yeah. don't want a part of this. So they actually yeah. moved to the right. Norway's rather sanctified. It, 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 it's a rather yeah. safe. Uh, it's maintained its wealth. And it hasn't had to deal with the same level of migration that Sweden and Denmark have had. And I think the Swedes, and I, I used to call them Swediots, like Swedish idiots, mm -hmm. uh, it's the Carl Bildt globalists <coughs> who have created this false uh, false dichotomy with utopia and uh, multiculturalism gone amok. Yeah. And I yeah. think the people here are kind of waking up to that. And they're saying, you know what? Mm, I don't think it works for me. I mean, if you... There's not so many people you can talk to who don't know somebody whose daughter's been raped or attempted to be raped. And I, yeah. I go around Stockholm and and you see it. I mean, it's not as bad as London or Paris, but it's not good. And it's, it's yeah. a smaller capital, not as many people. And you definitely have a feel that there's, you know, the multiculturalism has probably tested its uh, its furthest reach, its furthest boundary. And so people are waking up. Obviously, there's a Tory effect, which actually gives me a lot of bullishness. Uh, Tory effect being for, for the viewers, uh, the uh, the old concept of when the Brits, the pollsters would call around, would you vote for the Tories? And people would say no, even though they would, because they were scared of the pollsters run by the media companies judging them. And so yeah. we, we have the same thing in the U.S. in places Trump like effect. Wisconsin, yeah. Pennsylvania and Michigan. Would you vote for Trump? No, because he's been painted as the sort of neo-Nazi. The cattle cars are coming. It's all nonsense. But the media does create a perception equals reality. And so here in Sweden, I think that the Swedish Dems who are polling right now like 22, 23 percent, their real numbers much higher, maybe 20% higher than that. So 27, wow. 28%, in which case they're neck and neck with the incumbent establishment. And that will create a sea change on Sunday if this plays out as I expected to. How is their election integrity? Do you know? I, I think, honestly, in Europe, election integrity is not much of an issue. Everyone, yeah. like uh, even Trump said it, right? When France had right. their election, they had their returns 
the same day because everything was digitized and it was, you had faith in it. There wasn't going to be some great steal. You got a country, France is 60 million people, not that much bigger than California. And they had all of their election returns tabulated the same evening. And I think here there's a lot of faith in the system. I actually, as much as I don't like the Swedish left, I don't think they're willing to do ends justify the means leftism the way Arolinskyites and the American left do. I don't think they're willing yeah. to steal the election. So they believe that it's theirs, that, that that it's owed to them. But I don't think to the degree culturally here, even when you deal, I was in a Swedish radio today and, and I was with some uh, Swedish Dem parliament, uh, a good friend of mine, a parliamentarian, Tobias Anderson. Mm-hmm. And he had a, uh, a little sort of mini debate on the radio. And I was hanging out with uh, the staffer from the, the Swedish centrists, which are really leftists. And everything was very civil. Scandinavia is very civil culturally. Mm-hmm. And as a result, mm-hmm. I don't think they play the same dirty games as we see in Chicago or Boston or Philadelphia or New York. So I think that if the Swedish Dems do pull out a victory, it will not be stolen from out under them. So it is a little different than we deal with in America or, say, uh, the, U- uh, the U.S., as I said, or some of the other uh, Western countries where the leftists are running amok, Canada under Trudeau, where they're yeah. willing to justify anything to get the victory because they believe that they're going to deliver socialist utopia and everybody else you know, needs to fall in line with that or they're not really part of the country. I think that the Swedes are a little bit more open-minded this way, which is refreshing. Let me ask you while I got you, I'll switch gears a second, um, and we'll watch Sweden this weekend, so that'll be on the plate. But what about Brazil? How do you think this is going to go in October? I think it's going to be stolen. Uh, yeah. I've spent some time in Brazil in the last year, year and a half, and I be, I believe that the the sort of populist undercurrent in society is strongly with Bolsonaro. I've spent time with Jair Bolsonaro, the president, Eduardo, many parliamentarians, many very, very highly educated people who weren't even a part of the government who support sort of the Brazil first movement, the same way we had the Trump America first movement, the same way we had the Britain first movement with Nigel Farage and Brexit. And I think that by and large, the people are overwhelmingly supportive of this movement. That being said, and you and I have talked about this in the past, the uh, the Supreme Court there is highly communist. The members of the Supreme Court were appointed by Lula and Dilma to overt Marxists who are in hock to China, who when they were in power were selling yeah. resources to China for cash and bags. I urge everyone to Google Operation Car Wash because it was so brazen that even Wikipedia cannot sugarcoat that. Uh, and that's the power structure that's at odds with Bolsonaro. And the Brazilian Supreme Court, run by Alexander de Moraes, is uh, is also the court that oversees elections, tabulation, uh, running of elections, enforcement of uh, election fraud. And they're totally in the bag for the sort of the communists. I mean, they are communists. They are overtly stated that they believe in a Marxist, uh, a Marxist, almost like a theocracy, uh, an atheistic theocracy. And the 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 people in Brazil who would steal the election believe again that they're called by God to do so. Uh, that is yeah. their mentality. And I do think Bolsonaro is in a tough spot because he has to play by the rules because he doesn't control the mechanisms. You know, Stalin said it's not who votes, it's who counts, counts the votes. And it, in Brazil, it's this uh, Supreme Court that oversees the electoral processes. And this is I've written about this. You know, it was one year ago, I think today that I was detained on the tarmac in mm-hmm. Brazil with Jason Miller and a couple of our friends who were in Brazil for CPAC and for meetings with Jair, where the, the that court had the enforcement mechanisms 
to stop us and interrogate us and ask us, who did we meet with? Which journalists, which activists? And we, of course, told them nothing, but they were looking to be retributive about it. This is a court that has imprisoned sitting members of Brazilian Congress because they were Bolsonaristas. They were on the right. So they are ends justify the means leftists. And uh, I, I, I'm quite worried about Brazil. I don't think it's going to turn out great. We'll see how it plays out. Hopefully Jair uh, Bolsonaro and the Bolsonaristas win by such a margin, it's tough to steal it. But I got to be honest, I'm, I'm nervous. I, I have uh, some friends in Brazil I was talking to last night, and they said, you know, there's even talk of a, some type of, you know, restructuring of the government by Bolsonaro uh, in order to not necessarily maintain power, but maintain the, the way of life. Brazilians. We'll I don't know. It's, it's. I mean, look at what happened in Chile with Boric. Thankfully, his constitutional referendum failed because this was a gross overreach. Look at Colombia. Colombia was like the sort of bastion of uh, it, not necessarily conservative, like big C conservative right wing uh, politics, but it was a rational center right government for you know, cycle over cycle. And now it's just gone hard to the left with Petro. I mean, this could be paving the way for a Colombia that looks like Venezuela did 20 years ago in the early stages of Chavez. So yeah. uh, South America, Latin America is not in a very good spot. The Marxists are uh, gaining a lot of ground by hook or by crook. Very scary. Well, thank you, Matt. Anything else you want to get out to the audience? I would say read the political article about Sweden that hit today. Uh, it was actually pretty even-handed. Uh, I think political political is very very smart redaction. Uh, the editors know that there's a sea change among underfoot in Sweden, and they're sort of paving the way to say, "Hey, we were journalistically writing about this before it happened," and I think they know what's going on. Uh, one other point that I find super interesting is that one of the Obama zombies, one of Obama's advisors, came out today. And he's a foreign policy advisor and said the Swedish Democrats are a threat to democracy. Uh, if an Obama if an Obama advisor is saying that, well, that's like the greatest endorsement you could ever have. The Swedish Democrats sure. are a very simply structured conservative nationalist populist party in the good sense. The way Brexit was led by Nigel and UKIP, the way Trump was doing so in the U.S. And I think that uh, I think Sweden is really, really well poised for a giant pendulum shift to the right. And I wanted to be here for that, to cover that for, you know, uh, podcasts and and, and uh, interviews like this. And I did Bannon's War Room and Polish Television. And I've got a lot more uh, to do the next couple of days because I think nobody's talking about this. And if, if this plays yeah. out as I think it will, I think this is also a great harbinger ahead. Just like 2016, Trump and Brexit were sort of inexorably intertwined. I think this plays out as well for Italy. And two, two, two weeks from Sunday, you've got Italian elections. And Fratelli is saying is, is well poised as well to uh, take control of government. Fratelli being the sort of uh, new, not new, they've been around for a long time, but the sort of the 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 the. the the surging right wing party because Liga has sort of fallen uh, upon its own sword based on an efficiency of its own governance, self-governance as a party. And Fratelli, uh, led by Georgia Maloney, who's been in Italian politics for 25 years, she's not new. She's well known and understood. She's also well poised to lead the Italian right to a victory in two weeks from now. So these things feed on each other. So that's why I'm here in Sweden. I may be in Italy in a couple of weeks covering that. We will talk about that as well, should that, you know, move on, move forward. Uh, and I think that we are, again, in the sort of next uh, sort of, you know, everything is cyclical. It's like a sine curve. And the mm -hmm. right is at a stage where they are uh, they are ascendant again, which I'm 
obviously happy about because this is what I've been fighting for as a political activist. I'm an editorial journalist and a political activist. So this is what I fight for. Well, it's, it's a hell of a time to be alive. That's for sure. It's going to be an interesting year. Yeah. Uh, so, well, like the Confucius said, be... may you be cursed with interesting times. And, well, we are yeah. thus cursed always. So how do, how do people find you on the web and follow you and read your stuff and all that? Uh, at Matthew Tiramond, M-A-T-T-H-U-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D, uh, at Getter, uh, primarily Twitter, which is I'm grossly shadow banned, uh, Facebook and uh, and uh, Instagram. I mean, you know, I do social media. I, I do this, as you know, because this is vocational for me. This is my passion. My father's mm -hmm. an anti-communist dissident. So I fight the left because I believe that it is a moral, uh, a moral imperative for all of us to fight for freedom. And the left is anti-freedom. So they're not liberals. They, they co-opted the term uh, during FDR's uh, reign, his third term of president. They co-opted liberalism, but that's not liberalism. Liberalism is liberty. It's, it's freedom. It's the constitutional values that America yeah. was founded on and led the world on. These people are very dark and very evil. Oh, yeah. But anyway, thank you, Matt. Talk My soon. pleasure. No, thanks.